Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, uh, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. Um, we have an honored guest today, the head pujari of ISKCON London, Soho Street, Vangsivat Prabhu. Thank you. You're welcome. Hare Krishna. So nice to have you. Thank you for having <clears throat> Okay. It's so good to be back. I, I, we missed yesterday, but uh, had a very, very long day. Um, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam so beautifully. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwandoditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of this, all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya. Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Shri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Shri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguro man mahadana, man nistadaga mad bhagya, mad anandana mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin, adini chutata kara. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we've reached the 26th chapter of the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam Fundamental Principles of Material Nature and Kapiladeva is instructing Devahuti, answering her questions, and now he's going deeper 
into the actual Sankhya analysis of the um, creation of this universe. We're beginning with text 6, correct? Because of his forgetfulness, the transcendental living entity accepts the influence of material energy as his field of activities. And thus actuated, he wrongly applies the activities to himself. Purport. The forgetful living entity can be compared to a man who is under the influence of disease and has become mad or to a man haunted by ghosts who acts without control and yet thinks himself to be in control. Under the influence of material nature, the conditioned soul becomes absorbed in material consciousness. In this consciousness, whatever is done under the influence of the material energy is accepted by the conditioned soul as self-actuated. Actually, the soul in its pure state of existence should be in Krishna consciousness. When a person is not acting in Krishna consciousness, he is understood to be acting in material consciousness. Consciousness cannot be killed, for the symptom of a living entity is consciousness. The material consciousness simply has to be purified. One becomes liberated by accepting Krishna, or the Supreme Lord, as Master, and by changing the mode of consciousness from material consciousness to Krishna consciousness. Text 7. Material consciousness is the cause of one's conditional life, in which conditions are enforced upon the living entity by the material energy. Although the spirit soul does not do anything and is transcendental to such activities, he is thus affected by conditional life. Purport The Mayavadi philosopher, who does not differentiate between the supreme spirit and the individual spirit, says that the conditional existence of a living entity is his lila, or pastime. But the word pastime implies employment in the activities of the Lord. The Mayabhadi misuse the word and say that even if the living entity has become a stool-eating hog, he is also enjoying his pastimes. (laughs) This is a most dangerous interpretation. Actually, the Supreme Lord is the leader and maintainer of all living entities. His pastimes are transcendental to any material activity. Such pastimes of the Lord cannot be dragged to the level of the conditional activities of the living entities. In conditional life, the living entity actually remains as if a captive in the hands of material energy. Whatever the material energy dictates, the conditioned soul does. 
He has no responsibility. He is simply the witness of the action. But he is forced to act in that way due to his offense in the eternal relationship with Krishna. Lord Krishna therefore says in Bhagavad Gita that Maya, his material energy, is so forceful that it is unsurmountable. But if a living entity simply understands that his constitutional position is to serve Krishna and he tries to act on this principle, then, however conditioned he may be, the influence of Maya immediately vanishes. This is clearly stated in Bhagavad Gita, 7th chapter. Krishna takes charge of anyone who surrenders to him in helplessness. And thus the influence of Maya, or conditional life, is removed. The spirit soul is actually Satchit-ananda. Satchit-ananda. Eternal, full of bliss, and full of knowledge. Under the clutches of Maya, however, he suffers from continued birth, death, old age and disease. One has to be serious to cure this condition of material existence and transfer himself to Krishna consciousness. For this long for his long for for thus his long suffering may be mitigated without difficulty. In summary, the suffering of the conditioned soul is due to his attachment to material nature. This attachment should thus be transferred from matter to Krishna. Text 8. The cause of the conditioned soul's material body and senses and the senses presiding deities, the demigods, is the material nature. This is understood by learned men. The feelings of happiness and distress of the soul who is transcendental by nature are caused by the spirit soul himself. Purport. In Bhagavad Gita it is said that when the Lord descends to this material world, He comes as a person by His own energy, Atma Maya. He is not forced by any superior energy. He comes by His own will, and this can be called His pastime, or Leela. But here it is clearly stated that the conditioned soul is forced to take a certain type of body, and senses under the three modes of material nature. That body is not received according to his own choice. In other words, a conditioned soul has no free choice. He has to accept a certain type of body according to its karma. But when there are bodily reactions but then but when there are bodily reactions as felt in happiness and distress it is to be understood that the cause is the spirit, soul, himself. If he so desires, 
The spirit soul can change this conditional life of dualities by choosing to serve Krishna. The living entity is the cause of his own suffering, but he can also be the cause of his eternal happiness. When he wants to engage in Krishna consciousness, a suitable body is offered to him by the internal potency, the spiritual energy of the Lord. And when he wants to satisfy his senses, a material body is offered. Thus, it is his free choice to accept a spiritual body or a material body. But once the body is accepted, he has to enjoy or suffer the consequences. The Mayavadi philosopher, the Mayavadi philosopher's presentation is that the living entity enjoys his pastimes by accepting the body of a hog. This theory is not acceptable, however, because the word pastime implies voluntary acceptance for enjoyment. Therefore, this interpretation is most misleading. The Lord's pastimes and the conditioned living entity's acceptance of karmic reaction are not on the same level. Text 9 Devahuti said, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, kindly explain the characteristics of the Supreme Person and His energies. For both of these are the causes of this manifest and unmanifest creation. Purport Prakriti, or material nature, is connected with both the Supreme Lord and the living entities, just as a woman is connected with her husband as a wife and with her children as a mother. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that He impregnates Mother Nature with children, living entities, and thereafter all species of living entities become manifest. The relationship of all living entities with material nature has been explained. Now, an understanding of the relationship between the material nature and the Supreme Lord is sought by Devahuti. The product of that relationship is stated to be the manifest and unmanifest material world. The unmanifest material world is the subtle Mahat-tattva. And from that Mahat-tattva, the material manifestation has emerged. In the Vedic literatures, it is said that by the glance of the Supreme Lord, the total material energy is impregnated, and then everything is born of material nature. It is also confirmed in the ninth chapter of Bhagavad Gita that under his glance, Adhakshena, again, it is also confirmed in the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita that under his glance, Adhyakshena, under his direction and by his will, nature is working. It is not that nature works blindly. After understanding the position of the conditioned souls in relation to material nature, Devahuti wanted to know how nature works under the direction of the Lord and what the relationship is between the material nature 
and the Lord. In other words, she wanted to learn the characteristics of the Supreme Lord in relation to the material nature. The relationship of the living entities with matter and that of the Supreme Lord with matter are certainly not on the same level, although the Mayavadis may interpret it in that way. When it is said that the living entities are bewildered, the Mayavadi philosophers ascribe this bewilderment to the Supreme Lord. But that is not applicable. The Lord is never bewildered. That is the difference between personalists and impersonalists. Devahuti is not unintelligent. She has enough intelligence to understand that the living entities are not on the same level of the Supreme Lord. Because the living entities are infinitesimal, they become bewildered or conditioned by material nature. But this does not mean that the Supreme Lord is also conditioned or bewildered. The difference between the conditioned soul and the Lord is that the Lord is the Lord, the master of material nature, and He is therefore not subject to its control. He is controlled neither by spiritual nature nor by material nature. He is the supreme controller Himself, and He cannot be compared to the ordinary living entities who are controlled by the laws of material nature. Two words used in this verse are sat and asat. The cosmic manifestation is asat. It does not exist, but the material energy of the Supreme Lord is sat, or ever-existing. Material nature is ever-existing in its subtle form as the energy of the Lord, but it sometimes manifests this non-existent or temporarily existent nature, the cosmos. An analogy may be, may be made with the father and mother. The mother and father exist, but sometimes the mother begets children. Similarly, this cosmic manifestation, which comes from the unmanifest material nature of the Supreme Lord, sometimes appears and again disappears. But the material nature is ever-existing, and the Lord is the supreme cause for both the subtle and gross manifestations of this material world. Text 10 <clears throat> The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, The unmanifested eternal combination of the three modes is the cause of the manifest state and is called pradhan. It is called prakriti when in the manifested stage of existence. Purport The Lord points out material nature in its subtle stage which is called pradhan and he analyzes this pradhan. The explanation of pradhan and prakriti is that pradhan is the subtle, undifferentiated sum total of all material elements. 
although they are undifferentiated, one can understand that the total material elements are contained therein. When the total material elements are manifested by the interaction of the three modes of material nature, the manifestation is called prakriti. Impersonalists say that Brahman is without variegatedness and without differentiation. One may say that Pradhan is the Brahman stage, but actually the Brahman stage is not Pradhan. Pradhan is distinct from Brahman because in Brahman there is no existence of the material modes of nature. One may argue that the Mahatattva is also different from Pradhan because in the Mahatattva there are manifestations. The actual explanation of Pradhan, however, is given here. When the cause and effect are not clearly manifested, avyakta, the reaction of the total elements does not take place. And that stage of material nature is called Pradhan. Pradhan is not the time element because in the time element there are actions and reactions, creation and annihilation. Nor is it the jiva or marginal potency of, li of living entities or designated conditioned living entities because the designations of the living entities are not eternal. One adjective used in this connection is nitya, which indicates eternality. Therefore, the condition of material nature immediately previous to its manifestation is called pradhan. Text 11. The aggregate the aggregate elements, namely the five gross elements, the five subtle elements, the four internal senses, the five senses for gathering knowledge, and the five outward organs of action are known as the Pradhan. Purport According to Bhagavad Gita, the sum total of the 24 elements described herein is called the Yonir Brahmahad Mahad Brahma. The sum total of the living entities is impregnated into this Yonir Mahad Brahma and they are born in different forms, beginning from Brahma down to the insignificant ant. In the Srimad Bhagavatam and other Vedic literatures, the sum total of the 24 elements, Pradhan, is also described as Yonir Mahad Brahma. It is the source of the birth and subsistence of all living entities. Text 12 There are five gross elements, namely earth, water, fire, air, and ether. There are also five subtle elements, smell, taste, color, touch, and sound. Text 13 The senses for acquiring knowledge 
and the organs for action number 10, namely the auditory sense, the sense of taste, the tactile sense, the sense of sight, the sense of smell, and the active organ for speaking, the active organs for working, and those for traveling, generating, and evacuating. Text 14. The internal, subtle senses are experienced as having four aspects in the shape of mind, intelligence, ego, and contaminated consciousness. Distinctions between them can be made only by different functions since they represent different characteristics. Purport The four internal senses or subtle senses described herein are defined by different characteristics. When pure consciousness is polluted by material contamination and when identification with the body becomes prominent, one is said to be situated under false ego. Consciousness is the function of the soul and therefore behind consciousness there is soul. Consciousness polluted by material contamination is called ahankara. Text 15 All these are considered the qualified Brahman. The mixing element, which is known as time, is counted as the 25th element. Purport According to the Vedic version, there is no existence beyond Brahman. Sarvam Kalvidang Brahma Chandogya Upanishad 3.14.1 It is stated also in the Vishnu Purana that whatever we see is Parasya Brahmanak Shakti. Everything is an expansion of the energy of the Supreme Absolute Truth, Brahman. When Brahman is mixed with the three qualities, goodness, passion and ignorance, there results the material expansion, which is sometimes called Saguna Brahman, and which consists of these 25 elements. In the Nirguna Brahman, where there is no material contamination, or in the spiritual world, the three modes, goodness, passion, and ignorance, are not present. Where Nirguna Brahman is found, simple unalloyed goodness prevails. Saguna Brahman is described by the Sankhya system of philosophy as consisting of 25 elements, including the time factor, past, present, and future. The influence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is felt in the time factor, which causes fear of death due to the false ego of the deluded soul who has contacted material nature. Purport the living entity's fear, the living entity's fear of death is due to his false ego of identifying with the body. Everyone is afraid of death. 
actually there is no death for the spirit soul. But due to our absorption in the identification of body as self, the fear of death develops. It is also stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam 11.237 Vayam Dvitiya Binibe Shatak Syat. Dvitiya refers to matter, which is beyond spirit. Matter is the secondary manifestation of spirit, for matter is produced from spirit, just as the material elements described are caused by the Supreme Lord or the Supreme Spirit. The body is also a product of the spirit soul. Therefore, the material body is called dvitiya, or the second. One who is absorbed in this second element, or second exhibition of the spirit, is afraid of death. When one is fully convinced that he is not his body, there is no question of fearing death, since the spirit soul does not die. If the spirit soul engages in the spiritual activities of devotional service, he is completely freed from the platform of birth and death. His next position is complete spiritual freedom from a material body. The fear of death is the action of the kala, or the time factor, which represents the influence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In other words, time is destructive. Whatever is created is subject to destruction and disillusion, which is the action of time. Time is a representation of the Lord, and it reminds us also that we must surrender unto the Lord. The Lord speaks to every conditioned soul as time. He says in Bhagavad Gita that if someone surrenders unto Him, then there is no longer any problem of birth and death. We should therefore accept the time factor as the Supreme Personality of Godhead standing before us. This is further explained in the following verse. Text 17. Mm -hmm. My dear mother, O daughter of Swayambhuvamanu, the time factor, as I have explained, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, from whom the creation begins as a result of the agitation of the neutral, unmanifested nature. Purport. The unmanifested state of material nature, pradhan, is being explained. The Lord says that when the unmanifested material nature is agitated by the glance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, it begins to, trans to manifest itself in different ways. Before this agitation, it remains in the neutral state, without interaction by the three modes of material nature. In other words, material nature cannot produce any variety of manifestations without the contact of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is very nicely explained in Bhagavad Gita. The Supreme Personality of Godhead 
is the cause of the products of material nature. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the cause of the products of material nature. Without his contact, material nature cannot produce anything. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, also, a very suitable example is given in this connection. Although the nipples on a goat's neck appear to be breast nipples, they do not give milk. Similarly, material nature appears to the material scientist to act and react in a wonderful manner. But in reality, it cannot act without the agitator, time, who is the representation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When time agitates the neutral state of material nature, material nature begins to produce varieties of manifestations. Ultimately, it is said that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the cause of creation. As a woman cannot produce children unless impregnated by a man, material nature cannot produce or manifest, it or manifest anything unless it is impregnated by the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of the time factor. Text 18 By exhibiting his potencies, the Supreme Personality of Godhead adjusts all these different elements, keeping himself within as the Supersoul and without as time. Purport Here it is stated that within the heart, the Supreme Personality of Godhead resides as the Supersoul. This situation is also explained in the Bhagavad Gita, the super soul rests beside the individual soul and acts as a witness. This is also confirmed elsewhere in the Vedic literature. Two birds are sitting on the same tree of the body. One is witnessing and the other is eating the fruits of the tree. This Purusha or Paramatma who resides within the body of the individual soul is described in Bhagavad Gita 13.23 as Upadrashta as the Upadrashta witness and the Anumanta sanctioning authority. The conditioned soul engages in the happiness and distress of a particular body given him by the arrangement of the external energy of the Supreme Lord. But the Supreme Living Being, or the Paramatma, is different from the conditioned soul. He is described in Bhagavad Gita as Maheshwara, or the Supreme Lord. He is Paramatma, not Jivatma. Paramatma means the Supersoul, who is sitting by, by the side of the conditioned soul just to sanction his activities. The conditioned soul comes to this material world in order to lord it over material nature. Since one cannot do anything without the sanction of the Supreme Lord, he lives with the jiva soul as witness 
and sanction giver. He is also Bhokta. He gives maintenance and sustenance to the conditioned soul. Since the living entity is constitutionally part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord is very affectionate to the living entities. Unfortunately, when the living entity is bewildered or illusioned by the external energy, he, he becomes forgetful of his eternal relationship with the Lord. But as soon as he becomes aware of his constitutional position, he is liberated. The minute independence of the conditioned soul is exhibited by his marginal position. If he likes, he can forget the Supreme Personality of Godhead and come into the material existence with a false ego to lord it over material nature. But if he likes, he can turn his face to the service of the Lord. The individual living entity is given that independence. His conditional life is ended and his life becomes successful as soon as he turns his face to the Lord. But by misusing his independence, he enters into material existence. Yet the Lord is so kind that as Supersoul, he always remains with the conditioned soul. The concern of the Lord is neither to enjoy nor to suffer from the material body. He remains with the jiva simply as sanction giver and witness so that the living entity can receive the results of his activities, good or bad. Outside the body of the conditioned soul, the Supreme Personality of Godhead remains as the time factor. According to the Sankhya system of philosophy, there are 25 elements. The 24 elements already described plus the time factor make 25. According to some learned philosophers, the Supersoul is included to make a total of 26 elements. And that brings us, believe it or not, to 8 o'clock. Yes, time flies when you're having a good time. Or another way of looking at it, when you're with Krishna, time doesn't exist. Hare Krishna. Okay, we'll start tomorrow with text 19, and tonight we'll finish our reading. So good to be back with you. Oh, we missed you. And we'll wait for the assembled sages to reflect on what they heard tonight. The beginning of the complex description of the uh, creation of this material world. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. First is from <coughs> excuse me. First is from Sherry Dasiano. Sherry Dasiano. Hare Krishna. Sherry. Hey, oh Lord Krishna. Hey, ho, Lord Krishna. Hey, ho, Lord Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm from Satur Esther. Satur Esther, Haribo. Hare Krishna Dandavat Pranams. Jai Ho. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj, wake me up to Krishna consciousness, please. <laughs> You're quite awake. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Jai Maharaj, Hare Krishna, all glories to Srila Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai, all glories to the Srimad Bhagavatam and His Divine Grace, the giver of the Srimad Bhagavatam to us. In bliss to be in your daily reading service circles. So happy to hear that. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. This is very complex stuff, this Sankhya philosophy. To even follow it is a little difficult. But if we keep hearing, trying to understand, and again and again, gradually it sinks in. And then we can see it for ourselves through this knowledge, what's going on here. Without this knowledge, the conditioned soul can't understand what's going on around him. So it's very, very important. It's the foundation of spiritual life. Hare Krishna. Today's Saturday? Saturday. Hare Krishna. Uh, can I say something? Well, you must. <laughs> Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, um, yet yeah, this this chapters all these chapters about Sankhya philosophy and how the material universe is created they're always very very complicated quite quite mind boggling yes. to read through them but by the same time I found that I really like hearing about it reading about it exactly because when you read through it you you it's, it's very clear you're not the center of the universe. <laughs> Yes. I am not the center of the universe. Yes, it's clear Krishna is. Yes. Like no, nothing can evolve without Him. Glancing exactly. of a material nature. Exactly. Yeah. Very nicely put. Very yeah. nicely put. So it's always a, it's always very sobering yes. reading about Sankhya. Yes, it is the. Uh, it, that's a very nice conclusion. Thank you very much. Yeah, th what, what you're saying is that just by hearing it, even if you can't understand it very deeply or remember it minutely in the details, still it gives you a sense of just how great and complex and intelligent Krishna must be, you know, to do all this. And we are just an infinitesimal infin spark or insignificant spark in this universe. That's the first thing that comes. But just even that much tends to back the material energy off, the influence of the material energy backs off from us as we begin to enter into this knowledge and understand it. But the more thoroughly you understand it, the more thoroughly the material nature backs off 
and the more you can actually perceive for yourself the spiritual nature of the soul and then 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 experience real happiness because as we read this the spirit soul is not actually doing anything while all this is going on i heard Srila uh, Prabhupada give a very nice example that just as you may be in London but if you become a criminal and you put in the penitentiary you're still in London but you can't interact with London but you're still in London you know the campus or the boundaries of the of the penitentiary are in within the jurisdiction of London so you're in London but you can't you're not free to go out and do what you like in London so like that we're in the material world we're actually in the spiritual world you know the whole material world is resting in the spiritual energy just like the clouds are resting in the sky as described in Bhagavad Gita so it's not when the cloud is there, there's no sky where there's a cloud. The cloud and the sky are there in the same place, but they don't mix. So the material soul, the, the soul, the spiritual soul, does not mix with the material energy, even though he's in the material energy. So that is real knowledge. And that knowledge, if it's perceived through this proper understanding and then acted upon in in the practical uh, activities of devotional sadhana bhakti devotional service and practice then it becomes actualized it becomes real then we can understand who we are so that's the purpose of the sankhya philosophy to detach us from the material energy and allow us to to be free again to choose the spiritual energy and our relationship with the Supreme Person, that personal relationship with Krishna. Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and to the daily readings. Thank you for reappearing in our midst. In tonight's reading, the Sankhya philosophy took the floor, and indeed my mind fluttered away from it for some time. My interest came back when the descriptions went towards the presence of the mighty super-soul inside our hearts, how he takes an interest in overseeing our tiny little lives, sanctioning our insignificant but incessant desires, and maintaining each and every one of us lovingly as his eternal part and parcel. I find this so mysterious and endearing. I also find it fascinating that the spiritual master is considered to be the external representation of the super soul. Yes, we didn't hear that exactly in this reading, that the super soul is the external manifestation. I mean, the, these spiritual master rather is the external manifestation of the super soul but it's true and it's because the spiritual master is a person who has surrendered to Krishna and therefore has accepted 
Krishna's teachings in total, whether we can remember every single detail or not, if one actually accepts the teaching in total as true, then he can explain it to others. And in that way, he's, he's representing uh, the super soul. So you have the scripture or the shastra, the literary incarnation of Krishna. You have the super soul sitting in the heart, uh, giving intelligence. When one surrenders to Krishna and the, his, his instructions and his and the knowledge, and you have the spiritual master and the, and the devotees who are, who are agreeing to follow those teachings, live those teachings. Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra, these are the sources of our knowledge and our, and actually everything. Because when we fix ourselves in this knowledge, we become independent of the material energy. We're no longer forced. We know enough. When you learn this philosophy, you know enough not to do something that is going to be harmful to yourself and to others. And Krishna is so helpful and so kind that from within the heart, he inspires us gives us the intelligence how to actually do that. And this is manifested through the instructions of the spiritual master and especially after the initiation and the, the symbolic vow not symbolic, it is symbolic but it's a, a real vow uh, to follow uh, for the rest of our lives this sadhana bhakti process given to us by Srila Prabhupada. So, the Sankhya philosophy is extremely important. It's quite complex, it's quite deep, it's quite intricate, but just take it one step at a time. Know that there's material energy, there's spiritual energy, and there's the marginal energy. The marginal energy is the living entity who is capable of identifying with the spiritual energy or the material energy. There's the spiritual energy, which is the spiritual world where Krishna and liberated souls live. And the external material energy is where the conditioned souls who are covered by this uh, material energy, which causes the living entity to forget that he's actually spiritual. So the, the living entity is spiritual, but he's marginal in the sense that due to his tiny nature, he is prone to be attracted to the material energy, but can also choose to be with the spiritual energy. That's the essence of Sankhya philosophy. But the details are also important, as we will hear as we continue to work through uh, this Sankhya philosophy. Hare Krishna. One more thing from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. She says, 
Thank you, Guru Maharaj, for that clarification on how the spiritual master is the representation of the super soul. I did not fully grasp that before in that way. And then a question. It says that he, the super soul, is living in the heart. Is the super soul actually sitting in the heart? Or is he standing? Or. Why don't you ask him? I mean, we, we hear that he's with us. Whether he's sitting or standing, it really doesn't make any difference. His sitting and standing are the same. He may be sitting, he may be standing. Usually the artists that were directed by Śrīla Prabhupāda, who knows the Supersoul personally, uh, portrays the Supersoul as standing in the heart. But whether he's sitting or standing, it's irrelevant. He's there and he's available to the soul if the soul becomes qualified by austerity and penance and uh, devotion in, in loving service. The purpose of jnana yoga uh, is to come to the stage of liberation or brahman or entrance into the brahma jyoti, the effulgence of the Lord, the spiritual sky. Uh, and the goal of the yogis, the astanga yogis, the dhyana yogis, uh, is the super soul in the heart. Yukta asita matparaha. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says uh, the goal of the astanga yoga system, in which we sit in a certain way and breathe in a certain way and fix our minds in a certain way is to make me, Krishna says, the goal of one's life. That's the super soul. And pure devotional service is when we find out that the source of the um, super soul and the Brahman effulgence is actually the supreme personality of Godhead. That's why in every purport of, of Prabhupada's explanation of the, of the Bhagavatam, uh, he mentions the Super Soul practically and the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So we, we, when, we, when we enter into the Brahman, we uh, experience our nature, our eternal nature. Uh, we no longer are bound by time uh, and the modes of material nature. Uh, the sat feature. Uh, living entity is made of sat, chit, and ananda. The eternity, the knowledge or cognizance, and ananda or blissfulness or pure happiness. When we reach the stage of spiritual attainment where we enter into the Brahman, the effulgence, the Brahma Jyoti, uh, we, we experience the Sat feature. 
we're aware of our eternality. But there's no activity because the senses are dormant. There's no activity of, of the soul in the Brahman effulgence. But when he realizes the super soul, then he understands the, the eternity or sat feature and also the cognizance or knowledge partially. But when he realizes Brahman, the Supreme Brahman, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then he realizes his eternal feature, he gets full knowledge, and also he enjoys uh, in his natural constitutional position. Real pleasure. The soul is made of real pleasure. Therefore, what is the proof? The proof is that every living entity is trying to stay alive. No living entity wants to die. That's his eternal nature. And he wants to know everything. Therefore, we have the internet. Or the dogs and the cats are running around with their nose. <laughs> you see people walking their dogs and they have to stop while the dog sniffs out who, what other dog has been here or there or whatever. Hare Krishna. Something from Ananda Murti. Yes, Ananda Murti, Haribo. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances or glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Today I heard that there are twenty four elements and twenty fifth is the time factor and twenty sixth is the super soul. Hmm. I heard from others that twenty fifth element is the Atma and twenty fifth is the super soul. So about twenty-fifth element, are there two opinions? Yes. It's not an opinion, it's just a different way of categorizing the the energies, that's all. There's different ways of analyzing things. You know, the materialists analyze the elements in so many, one hundred and one hundred and some elements. But those elements are all just the five elements broken down into, you know, uh, sub sub elements and more sub elements and more sub elements, but it's the same energy. It's just different ways of designating it and categorizing it for our understanding. But generally, we accept this uh, analysis by Kapila did because he's the supreme authority. Twenty-four elements then the consciousness or the soul of the 25th element and then the super soul, the 26th element. Hare Krishna. And she says, Today I also heard that the super soul resides as the Upadrashta witness and the Anumanta mm. sanctioning authority and is also Bhokta he gives maintenance and sustenance to the conditioned soul. I should sincerely accept all those truths. Thank you so much for today's readings. 
Yesterday distributed one Bhagavad Gita to my friend. Thank you so much. Mahaj. Very good. Thank you very much for your extended and steady and uh, devotional service for giving this knowledge to others. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. And from Subarao? Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily reading service. In 3.26.14, Lord Kapil Dev states, quote, The internal subtle senses are experienced as having four aspects in the shape of mind, intelligence, ego, and contaminated consciousness. Unquote. In the purport, Sri the Prabhupada states, quote, When pure consciousness is polluted by material contamination, and when identification with the body becomes prominent, one is said to be situated under false ego. Yes. Consciousness is the function of the soul, and therefore behind consciousness there is soul. Consciousness polluted by material contamination is called ahankara. Unquote. Question. Why are ego and contaminated consciousness stated and counted discreetly even though the contaminated consciousness is false ego? Thank you. Consciousness is pure. And when the consciousness touches the material, subtle energy of false ego, uh, it is called contaminated consciousness. And that it is that contaminated consciousness that then identifies himself with the body, and that's called false, that's called false ego. Then he becomes under the influence of a false ego. So it it's not much different, but the consciousness, the, the false ego, when they touch, that's when the soul begins to identify with matter, and that is called contaminated consciousness when the soul begins to identify with matter. And the first matter that it begins to identify with is false ego, and then he, can, then he thinks that he is the body. He actually identifies with the body to be himself. So it's just a matter of a stage, it's a different stage of contamination. Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. The special treat of tonight's reading for me was Srila Prabhupada's sarcastic example of how the living entity, forcibly taking birth as a stool-eating hog, can't be considered a pastime, like the Mayavadis <laughs> claim. Yes. Srila Prabhupada is such a great teacher. Yes, he is, and his poetic descriptions of reality and analogy to illustrate the reality is profound, especially he writes in such English that's so simple and anyone can, can understand it. It's, it's very profound. Thank you very much everyone for your lovely reflections as usual and buckle up your seat belt perhaps it might be nice to read again what we've read before we start tomorrow and even maybe read what we're going to, part of what we're going to read tomorrow 
so it'll be easier for you to follow. It's not so easy to follow all the details. Um, it requires patience and determination. Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samaveda Bhaktavinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic, the unfolding of the material universe as created by the Supreme Personality of Godhead and His representatives. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.